Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Hello, hello. How is everybody? You doing well? Yes, how are you? It seems like you're in a really good mood. I want to welcome everybody at our Tempe campus. I want to welcome everybody watching this on Sunday morning in the 9 and the 11. I want to welcome all of you watching this online. If you're wondering, I am recording this on Thursday night because tomorrow uh, I am heading out with my family for a very much needed break to do a little bit of skiing and pretending like none of you exist. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I will be really glad just to be with my family for a little bit. Um, It's been a a good run here for a little while and some really great things happening. Uh, But how many of you know we need a a break from time to time? Anybody else? Am I the only one? Okay, good. Good, good. Well, if you've, uh, oh, for those of you who are detail-oriented and you're watching, uh, especially online, and you see that my shirt's a little bit wet, my clothes are a little bit wet, uh, I've baptized, I had the pleasure of getting to baptize a friend tonight. And uh, so, you know, you kind of get wrapped up in the moment, you hug somebody, and then you realize... I don't have a change of clothes and I'm all wet. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's worth it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, I was thinking back in the green room, just laughing about being wet. And you know when your clothes get wet, the water just kind of starts moving. For, it starts taking over your whole body. You know, and you can feel it. And I was just giggling about it. And, and uh, I said, Lord, you know, I imagine when I get to heaven uh, and you ask me, how did 2021 go? How would you describe 2021? What's the best thing that happened? I'm sure I'll have a bunch of things, but I have this feeling that one of the ways that you'll remember 2021 is I think you might say, ah, that was the year justice got saved and got baptized. I just had this moment in the back. You know, I just think sometimes maybe we get so wrapped up in big numbers that we forget how big one number really is. And uh, that's, that's a life-changing moment. Amen. And what a, what a special thing. Well, if you've got a Bible, we need to turn to John chapter 10 and put a marker in Psalm 23. Uh, if you have your phone as your primary uh, Bible, it's going to be tough to put a marker in Psalm 23. Just remember it because it's really important and it'll come in handy at the end. We're continuing our series entitled the real Jesus. And uh, if you didn't hear last week's message, if you weren't in town, you weren't in church last weekend in person, do yourself a favor, go back and watch the message. Uh, It was a holy moment. And I was there live Thursday night and got to watch uh, Brad just steward a a literal holy moment. Um, And it, it was... It was a really, really fun experience to just get to watch God do what he did through Brad last week. So if you have not watched that message, make sure you get online and you watch it. This week, we're talking about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And that is actually the title of the message, Jesus the Good Shepherd. This message, Lord willing, will be shorter uh, and the reason is because I'm not going to tell any stories. I'm, I, this message is literally almost all scriptures and one-liners. And then you're going to do the heavy lifting for literally more than a third of this message. One of the things that I have to remind everybody uh, as they come to church to hear a preacher preach, preachers preach, but apprentices practice. Yeah, I get it that a part of my job is to preach, but... We're all apprentices, and we're called to practice. If you were here last week, Brad asked everybody to write a letter to the Lord the way he did, and and he read it. Stats would say that less than 20% of you did what he asked. I'm not going to ask everybody. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Who actually did their homework? I'm not going to do that. Because I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just trying to remind us all. Apprentices practice. They do the work. And so we're going to spend about at least a third of this message where you are going to practice. And for some of you, it might be really awkward. 
For some of you, it might be the longest you've spent quietly in the presence of the Lord, just being with him, doing something. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Hopefully it will give you the appetite for more. But we have a little bit of work to do before we get there. Jesus is recorded in scripture in the gospels, seven, eight, depending on how you count it, seven times saying, I am, and then finishing the sentence. I am the bread of life, for instance. And we're going to read in John chapter 10, two of the seven. Now, if you want to count the eighth I am, it's John eight, where he says, I am, period. It's my favorite I am. So really there are eight I am statements Jesus makes in the gospels. We're going to read two of them in John chapter 10. Let's read together, starting in verse seven. These are all the words of Jesus. Every word I'm going to read to you, John 7 through 16, they're all red letter words in your Bible. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really even care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now, that is our text. And we're gonna ask and answer three questions related to this text, John chapter 10, verses seven through 16. Question number one, if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, please start taking notes. Otherwise, why would God speak if you're not ready to write down what he's about to say, right? Question number one. Who are the good shepherd sheep? Who are the good shepherd's sheep? Well, there are two answers to this. First, Israel. The Bible clearly says Israel. They're the sheep of the Lord. Psalm 78, verse 52, but he led his own people like a flock of sheep, speaking of God and Israel, guiding them safely through the wilderness. Psalm 80, verse one, please listen O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph's descendants like a flock. Matthew chapter 10, verse five. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Here's what you need to remember. If Jesus isn't the shepherd of Israel, he cannot be the good shepherd. Period, point blank. If he is not the shepherd of Israel, he cannot be the good shepherd. If you're wondering now, how does it even affect me that the good shepherd is the shepherd of Israel? Well, if you watch how the shepherd shepherds the sheep of Israel, you will learn how the good shepherd shepherds all of his sheep. I've told you that before. Watch how the good shepherd shepherds Israel. Well, the second, there is a second answer to this question because the sheep of the good shepherd are not just Israel, but also Gentile believers, non-Jewish believers in Jesus as the Messiah. John chapter 10, verse 16, I read it to you. Jesus says, I have other sheep too. Sheep that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now, if you want a little more uh, text, a little more scripture to study out this week for homework, go study out Ephesians chapter two. 
just study it out. I'm not gonna take the time because you have a lot of work to do in this message uh, to walk through one new man. I'll teach on it again at some point. But I, I, if you want a little something extra to study, go study, pour through Ephesians chapter two and a few commentaries on it. Here's question number two. What isn't the good shepherd? If we're gonna understand Jesus as the good shepherd, of course you have to understand, okay, what sheep are his sheep? Israel and Gentile believers in Yeshua. But if we're gonna understand Jesus as the good shepherd, you have to understand what the good shepherd isn't. In John chapter 10, Jesus juxtaposes, takes three pictures and puts them up against the good shepherd. Now, he doesn't exhaustively explain them because the, the uh, terms, the terminology he uses, it actually is so clear, he doesn't even need to explain it. And you know what these three pictures are. First, the thief. The good shepherd, in essence, compares the thief to the good shepherd. That's why the thief is mentioned in the passage on the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and robber. That's just one of the instances. I can't read them all to you, but that's the first one. If you're taking notes, I want you to write the, the juxtaposition between the thief and the good shepherd down like this. The thief comes to steal, Jesus says. The good shepherd comes to give. This is really important. Don't, don't make it so simple that you don't process this. The thief comes to steal. The good shepherd comes to give. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose, Jesus says, is to steal and kill and destroy. One of the biggest reasons I believe sheep stay lost. In other words, one of the biggest reasons that lost sheep don't make the good shepherd their shepherd I personally believe is because they think the good shepherd is gonna come take all the good things away from their life. Have you ever talked to, to someone who had not given their life to Jesus and heard them say, yeah, I, I, that, that, that getting saved stuff isn't for me because I, I don't want Jesus to take away all my fun. Have you ever heard them talk like that? Right? It's this thought process that the good shepherd takes away all the good things. Question. How can a good shepherd be good if he takes away all the good? Just a thought. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus, the good shepherd, if there's any doubt, compares himself to the thief. He says, but my purpose is to give. How can the good shepherd be bad if he came to give good things? He said, my purpose is to give the sheep a rich and satisfying life. Now, here's the most simple way to say it. The thief comes to take good things from you, whereas the good shepherd comes to take bad things. Not all bad things, but as many of the bad things you'll let go of. A lot of us like to hold on to bad things, like fear, like greed. But the good shepherd comes to take away as many of the bad things as you will let go of in order to make more room to bring more of the good things he wants to give you into your life. Jesus says, hey, that thief, he's the one that comes to take good things. I, the good shepherd, I come to give good things. Here's the second picture Jesus kind of briefly paints up against the picture of the good shepherd, a wolf, a wolf. The wolf comes to kill. Well, how does that compare to the good shepherd? It's completely antithetical. The wolf comes to kill, but the good shepherd came to die. The wolf wants to kill the sheep. The good shepherd came to die for the sheep. John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. That's a good shepherd who stands between the sheep and the wolf. Remember that picture because it's going to come in handy when we get to Psalm 23 at the end of the message. Here's the third picture, a hired hand. A hired hand. 
If you're taking notes, write this one down. The hired hand runs away or goes away. Whereas the good shepherd goes after. John 10, 13, the hired hand runs away when the wolf comes because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Well, what about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 15? I'll read you verse four. Jesus said, what man of you having a hundred sheep? Okay, so think about this. Another translation says, who of you men having 100 sheep? So what type of men was Jesus speaking with? Shepherds, right? Okay, so the good shepherd is talking to a bunch of shepherds. He's actually trying to teach them about himself, the good shepherd. He says, what man of you having 100 sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after, run after the one which is lost until he finds it? The hired hand always runs away. Whereas the good shepherd always runs after. Okay, some of you think you know that. But if you actually knew it, it would change the way you woke up in the morning. If you actually knew it, believed it, you would wake up in the morning giggling, going, you're still standing here? This good shepherd is obnoxiously obsessive about me. He chases me everywhere that I go. And then when I lie down and sleep, he's still standing there. That's what David said in Psalm 139. And when I awaken, you're still there. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in vacation mode, but that's just filthy. Let's get to question number three. And then it's going to be time for you to do some work. And this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be unlike any point I've ever preached since day one. Question number three, what is the good shepherd? What is the good shepherd? So we talked about what the good shepherd isn't. What is the good shepherd? Another way to say this, I, th I think in the notes, uh, I, I put it like this. This is my notes. Uh, you can put question number three back up there because I know it's a little bit different because this is the long-winded preacher's version of question number three. What are some of the benefits of being shepherded by the good shepherd? Just another way of saying, what is the good shepherd? Like what comes with the good shepherd? And here's what I wanna do. Flip over to Psalm 23 if you have your Bible and we're gonna read through this together and we're gonna have some fun doing it before we do what we're about to do, okay? I wanna tell you something that one of my favorite things in regards to God is using run-on sentences when I attempt to describe him. It's one of my favorite things in regards to God. And here's why. I've been this way since I could remember. Not because I'm bad at English, all right? Not because English isn't important to me. But one of the reasons and the biggest reason why I love using run-on sentences when I attempt to describe God is this. No sentence articulated or crafted by any human could ever come appropriately close to describing the godness of the one true God. And so I use run-on sentences to try and describe them. And you're going to laugh at how the, some of these are like a paragraph with no punctuation. And they're going to make you laugh, but you're going to understand. If I'm going to use a sentence to describe the God of the universe, he's so big, I'm going to try and cram in so many words just to even attempt to describe one one billionth of what is in his pinky. So we're going to read Psalm 23, and then I'm going to break it down phrase by phrase. And I'm gonna give you my personalized. So Psalm 23, a good way to see Psalm 23 is David saying, this is my perspective of some of the benefits that come with being shepherded by the good shepherd. Okay, so since David did it, I'm gonna do it. And then you're going to do it in just a little bit. And we're gonna have an absolute blast in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 23 verse one starts like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, 
The verb here is a participle, which literally means that this, this phrase should be translated, the Lord is shepherding me. So a better way to read Psalm 23 is like this, because the Lord is shepherding me, all of these things are true. And we know many, many other things as well. But that's an appropriate way to read the beginning of Psalm 23. Because the Lord is shepherding me, and then he goes in. And let's start with the first one. He says, because the Lord is shepherding me, I have all that I need. Okay, I want to give you my personalized version. Now, you don't start writing anything yet because you're going to have plenty of time. Here's my personalized version of this benefit. The good shepherd is so comprehensively good that he is and has everything I will ever need, no matter the category of the need or the size of the need. He lets me rest in green meadows. The good shepherd is so energetically good that he makes me rest in his favorite fields while filling me up with himself after I've exhaustively poured myself out. He leads me beside peaceful streams. The good shepherd is so navigationally good that even in powerful storms, he finds peaceful streams where we can talk and catch some trophy trout. Come on, Jesus. We should have lunch this week. Whoever said that? I'm on vacation. But after that, we should go fishing together over lunch. It, it, I felt like I needed to say these two things. None of the others have one-liners, but I, I just felt impressed. Uh, I needed to say these two one-liners on this point. So if, if this is for you, write it down. If not, don't. The sheep of God have it so good that they have peace with God while enjoying the peace of God in the peaceful presence of God. The sheep of God have it good. Here's another way to say that. Peace is never present when the good shepherd is absent. Holla at your boy. He renews my strength. The good shepherd renews my strength. Here's my personalized version. The good shepherd is so powerfully good that even while my outer man is perishing little by little every day, that's 2 Corinthians 4, 16, my inner man is being renewed all the more day by day in such a way that I can be spiritually and emotionally stronger than the strongest human on the earth will ever be physically strong. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. The good shepherd is so perfectly good that he always picks the perfect path for my life to bring honor to his name in such a way that to him, there's no such thing as a fork in the road. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. The good shepherd is so constantly locationally good that even in the darkest moments of my life, I don't consider being afraid as a good option because the glorious brightness of the light of the good shepherd is so much eternally brighter and better than the scary darkness of the temporary moment and its badness or darkness. That's what comes with my good shepherd. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I love this one. The good shepherd is so protectively good that I actually breathe easier when I just get a glimpse of the stick he uses to scare the living daylights out of every one of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The good shepherd is so sarcastically good that he makes my enemies sit on carpet squares like kindergartners while he and I eat the meal of an eternal lifetime. That one's made me cry every time I've read it today. That's just good. I can just get a picture of my enemy sitting on carpet squares like kindergartens. Kindergartners. Can we talk? No. The good shepherd says. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. The good shepherd is so supernaturally good that he gives me the honor of a million lifetimes by giving me the exact same anointing for my work as his father gave him for his work. <laughs> My cup overflows with blessings. 
The good shepherd is so unreservedly good that he doesn't set his occasional blessings on my front porch like an Amazon delivery guy. He rips open the windows of heaven and showers down constantly extravagant heavenly gifts that end up in every room of the house called my life. That's what comes with my good shepherd. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, chase after me all the days of my life. The good shepherd is so obsessively lovey-dovey good that his single most favorite hobby in all the earth is chasing me at all times to any and every place I will ever go as though he were the supernatural other half of the magnet whose polarity just naturally connects to me in the most supernaturally attractional of ways every day for the rest of days. That's how my good shepherd feels about this sheep. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The good shepherd is so eternally, relationally good that he isn't devising ways to kick me out of his presence, but he is creatively and intimately extending me constantly new options to come closer and closer to him. This is gonna end up being one of my favorite messages we ever preach. And I just told you why. Because we're gonna preach it together. <laughs> Too many people measure messages, sermons, by what it does to them. But I wanna remind you, the way I believe God measures messages. Of course, did the communicator say what God told them to say, the way he told them to say it to the best of their ability. Of course, that's part of it. But I believe one of the biggest ways God measures a message is not by what it does to you, but by what you do with it. And the good shepherd is so good that we cannot go any further without you taking things into your own hands and personalizing, just like David did, some of the benefits that come with being shepherded by the good shepherd. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put back up each of the phrases on the screen. There in Tempe, here in Scottsdale, and for those watching online, we're gonna put each of the phrases up. When you came in, you should have been given a piece of paper for those of you who are in person at either campus. But for those of you who are joining us online, you can just write it down from the screen. The phrase, each of the 12 phrases we broke out of Psalm 23. And here's what I want you to do. You're gonna get about a minute for each phrase. And I want you just to, to just forget about everything else going on. And I want you just to dial in on the good shepherd. And I want you to personalize each of these benefits in your own words. So you may, might start the sentence like this. The good shepherd gives to me. So for the first one. You might say, the good shepherd gives me all that I need. The good shepherd gives me strength. You might be nerdy and wordy like me. You might wanna use run-on sentences. Let your little heart write out however you want the most personalized version of how you see each of these benefits that come with being shepherded by the good shepherd. And then here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask you for the next seven days to wake up every morning and do two things. Start your day reading the 23rd Psalm. It will literally take you less than two minutes probably. And then I want you to read your personalized version of Psalm 23, which is what you're gonna write out verse, phrase by phrase. 
for the next seven days, I want you to do those two things to start your day, not in the middle of your day, not at the end of your day, the very first thing you do. And let's just do a little lab test. Let's just see how the next seven days go. I'm not talking about checks coming in the mail. I'm talking about, let's just see what happens in your heart. Let's just see what he does. So I'm gonna pray and then you're gonna practice. You're gonna get to work because this is what disciples do. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every person, both campuses, for everyone watching online. I pray that you'd be so near in this moment. Pray you'd tear down any wall surrounding their heart that would keep them from verbalizing from their heart some of their favorite things about you. Because living as a sheep in the sheepfold of the good shepherd means celebrating every day of our lives just how good the good shepherd really is. So Jesus, I hope you enjoy these next few moments because we're about to chase you down in that field and tackle you and tell you some of our favorite things about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's get to work.
love of Jesus, of all that he is, our good shepherd, our loving God. Come on, we sing it again. Because there is no one else for me, none but Jesus, crucified to set me. special moment. What a romantic moment. Pray you sensed God's peace in this room in the last few minutes. As Preston said, peace is not present where the good shepherd is absent. It's obvious that he's here right now. What a holy moment. You know, I was reminded Throughout the message, as Preston led off by saying that apprentices practice, disciples practice. As I grew up in sports, heard this phrase over and over again, practice makes perfect. But the reality is, is perfection, number one, is impossible, and two, is not really the goal. Consistency is. Practice produces consistency. And I'm excited about 
the stories and the testimonies that will come from this week as we consistently practice, as we go back to Psalm 23, as Preston encouraged us, and as we continue to do this this week, what that practice will produce in our life, the peace that we'll find, the joy that we'll sense in our life. But I wanna encourage you to tell somebody about it, whether it's in your life group, whether you text a family member, whether you tell someone on your serve team or whatever it is, tell somebody. Get together, grab coffee with somebody, let somebody know what this practice is producing in your life. As you start your morning, every single morning, reading Psalm 23 and going back over your perspective of some of the many amazing benefits that come from being shepherded by the Good Shepherd. Can we do that? I wanna invite our altar ministry team to come up. We're gonna, um, I'm gonna dismiss here in just a minute. I'm gonna pray and as we dismiss, if you need prayer for anything at all, our friends up here would love the opportunity to pray with you and, and I understand that as we, as we share this message, this concept of being shepherded by the shepherd might be new for some. And maybe to this point, you've realized that maybe you've actually been trying to shepherd yourself and that really hasn't worked very well. But today, you, you maybe want to experience some of those amazing benefits of allowing the good shepherd to lead you and to guide you. It's as simple as beginning a relationship with Jesus. And our friends up here would love the opportunity to pray with you and introduce you to him. It's pretty simple and it's amazing. So as I pray and as we dismiss, if you need prayer for anything at all, we would love the opportunity to pray with you. Just come down here as everybody else is going that way. Come get what you need, all right? Let me pray for you. God, we thank you so much for your presence. Good shepherd, we thank you for your leading, your guiding, your directing. God, it is, we stand in awe of how good your leadership is, your, your guidance is, and how much better it is than any of our best days. God, we thank you for your constant presence in our life, your continual pursuit of us. God, we love you. We see you today. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy. You're even better than we can ever imagine. But God, I pray this week we would see even more ways of how good you are and how great you are in our life. And God, I pray as we wake up every morning and read Psalm 23, Psalm 23, and we read over our perspective, similar to that of David's, God, I pray we would find ourselves continually looking and searching for a pen to add to some of the benefits that we've already written down because you are so good. God, I pray that we wouldn't just keep this for ourselves, though, that we would share it with somebody this week, that it might encourage and uplift someone else as well. God, we're thankful. We love you. Would you protect us? Keep us safe as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.